Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. And it is time now for the bigger picture. Ryan, this morning on the segment, you're tackling the issue of the energy situation. And there's been some development overnight thanks to the European Union. That's right. We had the European Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, just laying out a bit of an overhaul of energy markets in Europe. And she's talking about a few things, including taxing, um, oil and gas companies, a windfall tax, as well as energy caps. So a lot in play as we see energy prices in the past year go up and that's been adding to inflationary pressures. And the Russian move to well, put this Nord Stream 1 pipeline on what they call maintenance yeah. indefinitely, that's been adding to a lot of pressure for them to find alternative ways to manage their energy needs. Yeah. So that's playing out in Europe, and of course, that will also have an impact on the ECB when it comes to how they plan for their rate hikes. So to unpack what's happening in Europe on the energy front, let's check in on Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Morning, Shane. Good morning, Ryan. Hope you're well. I'm doing good, Shane. I hope you are doing well <coughs> as well. So let's talk about what's happening in Europe. We've got a bit of a table of proposals coming through from the EU. What do you make, just to give us an overview of your impressions of the proposals on the table right now? Well, to be honest with you, I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptical as to whether they will work. Obviously, Europe has to do something. A big chunk of their gas has been cut off and mm. they're coming into winter. But uh, a lot of these market interventions won't necessarily solve the problem. I think there is merit in imposing windfall taxes on low-cost uh, fossil fuel energy suppliers because they are getting a windfall there. But by the same token, you don't want to discourage them from supplying that gas uh, or other sources of energy. Mm. So I think that is a bit problematic. It's, they also want to see uh, Norway uh, put a cap on their gas prices. But... Of course, Norway and uh, the companies that uh, export gas from Norway want to operate on a commercial basis. So, again, that seems somewhat problematic. And, uh, of course, a lot of the other things proposed, you know, some sort of hydrogen market and so on, I mean, they're longer-term solutions, so won't necessarily solve the problem in the short term. So I think it's a difficult situation in Europe, and they are going to have a tough winter. But the bottom line is that I, I think whichever way you look at it, Europe will end up paying more for gas through the winter and the supply of that gas will be somewhat limited until they can switch to alternatives. Yeah, Shane, the idea of a windfall tax is quite interesting because the idea is to tax companies which get extraordinary profits and the EU says it wants to raise 140 billion euros by tapping those windfall profits of some energy companies. So we've seen that playing out in the UK. They've imposed a 25% tax on the windfall profits of oil and gas companies. And in the COVID-19 past few years, we've got the likes of PPE makers, glove makers, many of them just seeing boom times during those years. And there was also talk about windfall for taxes on those companies. So this idea of windfall tax, does that actually work or, as you point out, is that something that will just distract companies from, I guess, a more certain business environment? Well, that's the problem here. It's a, it's a difficult one. There is motivation for it because the resource is a resource of the community, of the country. It's been dug out of the ground. It just so happens that the company getting the stuff out of the ground is getting paid more for it. 
for doing the same amount of work and therefore that's a bit of a windfall and in theory there is an argument that that windfall should be shared with the wider community so you put a windfall tax on them above a certain realistic acceptable return and you can perhaps use that money the 140 billion euros they're talking about to provide rebates to uh to customers and that spreads the pain around i guess a little bit and eases the burden on consumers so there is economic logic to that and I think it does make sense to have a resource, what they call resource super profit taxes, but it really needs to be, they really need to be in place on a long-term basis. I think the danger in doing them in the short term, because of this, there's this one-off effect, is that it could have the effect of discouraging those companies from providing that service or those resources. Now, then, of course, you could argue, well, maybe the, the, the supply of gas and so on, uh, digging it out of the ground should be nationalised, but that takes us down an even more difficult path, again, which could work against long-term productivity. So governments need to care, tread carefully in this regard, but I do have some leaning towards the logic of a windfall tax in these extraordinary circumstances. And it is a way of course, of um, protecting consumers without necessarily having the government take on a lot more debt, uh, which would be the alternative, where the government protects the consumer, but uh, they end up having to borrow the money in the process and they just end up lumbered with more debt. But but bear in mind, as we saw with PPE equipment and so on, there was a massive boom in demand for all that stuff. Companies moved in to supply it. The problem they face is that it may be a temporary demand. Mm. Uh, And herein lies the problem. If you put a massive tax on them, through the brief period where they can make a decent profit or a big profit, um, and then suddenly you know, the demand goes away and they're left vulnerable and they could go bust. Um, that may actually threaten the longer-term supply of that product. So, again, you have, you have to tread really carefully here, and they are difficult decisions that uh, governments have to make. And you look at how the energy situation is playing out. What's your outlook of how this could play out when it comes to prices? We've seen that moderate to some extent with the latest measures. We've seen how the EU's been pushing for less energy consumption, energy caps as well. What's your take on how this will continue, especially if um, Russia is still deciding what to do with this uh, gas pipeline? Well, the, the reality is that it's going to mean elevated or still high prices going through the northern European winter. Uh, I guess the reality is that it has, you know, taking a longer term view, it has shifted Europe more towards renewables and it has shifted Europe away from reliance on Russia. I don't think they're going to go back to, to relying on gas coming through the Nord Stream gas pipeline unless there's a, a fundamental political change in Russia. Uh, that strategy of trade heading off political or national conflict with Russia doesn't seem to have worked, so they're not going to go back to that. Um, So longer term, Europe will sort its way through this and will probably end up being a more resilient part of the world for it. Um, But obviously it does lead to a bunch of short-term risks. And of course, uh, Vladimir Putin has realised that he has to maximise the pressure on Europe right now because now is when they're vulnerable. Uh, they're already going through tough times. The risk of recession is high. It's probably around 70%, I'd have to say, in much of Europe. There's going to be a political backlash. Uh, and obviously Putin wants all those things to happen to get the sanctions eased. But at this stage, I can't see uh, Europe backing down on the sanctions at all. So it's going to be a tough time in the in the short term. But I, I think longer term, Europe will probably benefit for it um, with an accelerated shift to renewables and uh, therefore less longer term vulnerability. It's it's going to take a while mm. to get to that point. Yeah, so all these inflationary pressures really putting pressure on the ECB. We've seen how last week they raised rates by seeing five basis points as largest in history. Are we going to see 75 as maybe a new normal? Is that how aggressive we should expect the ECB to be in the coming meetings? 
It's quite possible. We saw uh, yesterday high CPI inflation numbers in the US, almost cementing the case for a 75 basis point hike in the US uh, next week. I think the pressure remains in Europe. The, the, the big break in Europe on the ECB, though, which tells me that they're, they're not going to persist with 75 basis points for as long as the Fed has, uh, or indeed go as high as the Fed has in terms of the uh, the key interest rates in Europe, is the fact that Europe is at much greater risk of recession. And we know that recessions invariably put downwards pressure on prices because even though gas prices may stay high, uh, prices for goods will come down as demand takes a hit from uh, a recession. So my feeling is that the ECB, yes, may do 75 basis points at the next meeting, but I suspect thereafter they will slow down and they'll, they'll have to keep, uh, uh, well, mainly because economic growth will start to slow down a lot faster than it will in the US. So that's going to put a, bra- a bit of a break on Europe. Um, longer term, mm-hmm. uh, I think inflation then will come back down again in Europe. But it's a very different situation in the US. In the US, the risk of recession is much smaller. It's still there, but it's much smaller. In Europe, the risk of recession is much higher. Yeah, the risk of recession for both economies we want to watch. Shane Oliver, he is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Shane, thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure, Ryan. All the best for the week ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.